The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me. I'm your host, Monique Farouk. Thank you so, 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 so very much for being here with me and letting me be a part of your day each week, every episode, sharing and also sending me feedback as well as topic ideas. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast, as well as email me at infertilityandme at outlook.com which I will have in the show notes for you to connect with me further outside of the podcast and so we can get to know each other a little bit better. And also, I just want to say that I am thinking of all of you guys during this time of the COVID-19 virus outbreak, and I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you are not sick, and I hope that no one close to you and your family is sick either. I'm thinking of you guys for your, um, your cycles that have been canceled, postponed, and no clear time frame as to when you will be able to move forward with your treatment. I can't even imagine having to be in your position. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I am thinking of you and that I am praying for your uh, sanity, your peace, your health, and also sending you tons and tons of love. So today's guest is Dr. Patrick Flynn, author of I Disagree, How These Two Words Are the Secret to Thinking Differently and Taking Control of Your Health, and also the founding doctor of the Wellness Way Clinic, which are internationally known clinics here in the U.S. all over and expanding internationally. Dr. Patrick Flynn has been dubbed the hormone healer, and he believes that to understand men and women, you have to understand their hormones. This episode was truly a pleasure and filled and packed with so much information and so much enlightening information regarding hormones and how deeply it truly affects our fertility and how it affects us becoming parents in this day and age. Dr. Patrick Flynn has been a doctor for over 20 years and he shares his journey in his book, How um, I Disagree, How These Two Words Are the Secret to Thinking Differently and Taking Control of Your Health, which can be purchased through his website at drpatrickflynn.com. On his website, you will also find the various locations to his clinics if you'd ever like to reach out and just get a feel for it for yourself. I'm telling you guys, this is truly, truly powerful information in today's episode and also through the work that he is doing with the Wellness Way Clinic. I will be sure to have Dr. Patrick Flynn's website as well as his Instagram handle in the show notes so that you will be able to connect with him further 
and visit the website and as well as connect with him. Again, thank you so very much for tuning into today's episode. And if you would do me the honor to leave a five-star rating as well as a review to help further spread infertility awareness and advocacy, that would mean so much to me. And I thank you guys again. And please do connect with me on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast. And so that we can connect, get acquainted with each other in a deeper way. Thank you so much, guys. Peace and blessings. Inspiration for medicine and how you all got, how you got started in this career path. Yeah, well, my story is different than my wife's. And obviously my wife's story made it internationally. So when I was a kid, I actually was diagnosed as a juvenile delinquent because I had such crazy psychiatric stuff because I always felt like my skin was crawling. I was short-tempered. Today, they would have classified us as probably Asperger's or ADHD and all things. But what happened is that's what stemmed me as a 13-year-old child, a 13-year-old teenager, to actually start to figure out what was going on with me. And because I was a straight-F student before that, and then I started getting interested in health, and that led me to figure out what kind of was going on with me. I realized I had some food allergies that was making my brain go crazy. And then I went to, went to I, so I got my nutrition degrees. I went to naturopathic and chiropractic school. And then I started to actually um, get my immunology degrees and stuff. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I meet my wife. You get, I'm going through school. And so my whole focus was going to be children. And then I met my wife, and she was extremely sick at 22 years old. She suffered from endometriosis, uh, intestinal problems, cystic acne, cluster headaches, everything like that. And they told her that she could never have children and mm. stuff because of how bad she was. Yeah. So it was wow. quite a significant thing. And that's what got me into that whole realm. And I realized after I started to see what all the doctors, both medically and naturally, were doing, I recognized some things that still to this day, they still don't teach women about. And so I started to actually just start to take a nice, nice little peek in the, the female realm. And next thing you know, start to actually reverse some major health issues with women. And then one thing that I about women, women talk. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. went from one office to offices all over the world now. So, wow. so yeah. that began your research in, in developing um, your, your form of care and products exactly. and services. Okay. okay. Yeah, that, that that's, all, that's all STEM. Yeah. yeah, so it really came from an experience that my focus out of school wasn't, wasn't female hormones and wasn't fertility and things like that. It just said because of my experience with now my wife of almost 20 years and now once again went from, hey, you're not going to be able to have kids to, hey, we have four kids. And now, even yesterday, I was driving uh, over to Michigan. I was speaking to my hormone seminar over there. And got another text from a woman with three pregnancy tests going, oh, it's a miracle worker. And I'm sitting there going, nah, body's meant to do this. Body's mm-hmm. meant to do this. Yeah, so it's been, now, like I said, now our clinics all over the country and stuff, uh, do this stuff on a regular basis. Um, and so it's been, it's been a great experience. And so then people, we put it into a book form. And then people read our book and it was like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that the story was going to be that appealing and stuff. I thought it was a good story and stuff, but obviously there's a lot of clinical things in there and in our perspective. And that's the thing. There's no magic product. There's no thing. It's about, it's called people look at it differently. And I believe that there's one thing that separated from me from everybody else. That's still to this day. When I say just one thing to women, you know, they're like, I had no clue. And that mm-hmm. stems from a lot of the thinking that sets the whole tone. Yeah, I can believe that. And so yep. how, you, you said your wife uh, was diagnosed with endometriosis, endometriosis. At, a, at a very young age. And yes. so, so walk me through that, that, that journey you guys had with conceiving and having your children. Well, so when I first met my wife, we actually, it was kind of crazy because we ended up, I go to visit her after a couple weeks of dating and uh, I come to her apartment and she is crying. She's actually crying like crazy. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, Oh my goodness, what's wrong? I'm like, what did I do? We've been dating two weeks. And, um, 
well, come to file, she said, come on, sit down. And then all of a sudden she started telling me the story about the reason why she's crying today is because she just got her cycle and she's got a period. And when, when, the, when the period happened, obviously it's so devastatingly painful. Mm-hmm. It's so, so difficult to honor everything from nausea, lightheadedness, the pain of actually the, the endometrial tissue, you know, coming out was, it's almost like ripping skin off of her. And so, of course, she was curled up in a ball. She missed work. And this, is, this has been normal for her for years. Long story short was, and, I, and, and it didn't make any sense. And, and, and so what really stemmed me to really dig deep in this, she said, you know, I know that you guys are, and I mean, I know that you want to have a family someday. And that's when she kind of led into me that she couldn't have kids and stuff. And the doctor said, bad idea. Don't do it. You know, actually, they almost tried to convince her to do surgery to remove her uterus when she was a teenager because how bad it was mm. because they couldn't do anything. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, and so what I did, and at this time, no joke, it wasn't like at 22 or 20, when the age I met her, that she didn't see docs. She was seeing doctors. She was seeing natural doctors. She was, she was taking medications. She was taking supplements. She was getting adjusted. She was doing every possible thing she could do. And I sat back and I'm like, let me see what everybody's doing with you. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, I looked at her stuff, and and then something hit me that still to this day is just as valid in 1999 as it is in 2021. I looked at her. I'm like, I looked at the, I looked at the testing, I looked at everything mm-hmm. that they were doing with her, and I'm looking at her. I said, "Where's all your labs?" And she's like, "Well, no, they're right here." I said, "Well, no, I see estradiol. Where mm-hmm. are all your estrogens? Because estrogen is not a hormone." And she looked at me. I said, "Estrogen is a term that represents a lot of hormones." And more than three, because the majority of women have, when I spoke in Michigan mm-hmm. two nights ago, on Tuesday night, women I said, raise your hand if you've heard the hormone estrogen. And every woman raises their hand. Well, that's why you're all sick. Because estrogen, just like testosterone, dictates a man's life, both physically and mentally. Estrogens, not estrogen, there's no such thing as estrogen is a general term, dictate a woman's life, both physically and mentally. Heck, we know the only known cause of breast cancer that we know of right now, not seeing technology, might not find other things but is actually when estrogens get out of control. Well, I always say, well, which one? Because there's estrogens that can actually protect against breast cancer, and there's estrogens that actually can metastasize tissue and cause a lot of problems. So I looked at her, I said, your testing is incomplete. How can we actually assess her body? How can we assess any woman's body if we have an incomplete picture? And here's what I mean. We've all sat around and watched TV and all of a sudden saw a preview to a movie. Look at the movie and go, man, honey, let's go see that movie. It looks pretty good. And then you go to the movie and the movie sucks. Well, what's my analogy? My analogy is you took a snapshot, a little picture of what the whole picture was and tried to make a judgment. That's female healthcare today. It's still as much as it was back then. So I looked at her and said, oh, we got to actually look at all these things. We measure all the estrogens. You have to do two tests at once. You cannot do one. Because once again, if you just try blood or just did urine, your testing is still incomplete. You need multiple tests at once to test all of women's hormones. So therefore, when people say, yeah, I got my hormones tested, oh, what'd you get? Blood. Well, it's incomplete. Well, I got urine. It's incomplete. You need to do both. That's very interesting. You are the first doctor who has ever explained it to me that way. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, Sam. And it's like, but, but here's what happens. For example, because what happens, you have the, you have the ovarian production, the follicle development of the estrogens, mm-hmm. but then we don't realize that from there, there's only two major estrogens that are really produced by the ovary. A little bit of estriol, but what happens is that's more of a metabolite. The hormones go to certain organs, and then what they do now is they metabolize. They convert mm-hmm. to other forms. So female healthcare health is more about the ovaries. It's about the fat tissue. It's about the adrenals. It's about the liver. 
And so why, how are we not, and that's why I created the way I called my Swiss watch principle. All these gears work together. All these gears work together to actually create this thing that we call the female cycle. So then how can we just assess the ovaries? How can we just assess, you know, estradiol or estrone when it comes to females? That's an incomplete picture of this most beautiful thing that is called the female cycle. That's a lot, Dr. Flynn. That's a lot. That's kind of heavy. <laughs> I know. Kind of heavy. Oh, wow. Wow. I have, wow. I'm still stuck on the estrogens and, and not just estrogen <laughs> part of, of female health care. Yeah. Wow. But see, there's, now, now think about this. Estrogens, remember, there's more estrogen receptors on the brainstem than anything else. And there's multiple receptors for multiple hormones. So the idea is this, how can, and, and so estrogens, now, now there are other hormones too, but we're just talking about if there's, it, 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 when we look at men and women, we're so distinctly controlled by testosterone for a guy. Yes, yes, a guy has estrogens, but they're a lot smaller. And estrogens by a woman, physically and mentally, both mm -hmm. physically and mentally. Well, how can we even assess the psych psychiatric? So let's not even talk about fertility. Let's talk about psychi psychiatric and mood and everything if we don't have a complete picture of her. And so I did the complete picture and realized that my wife's estradiol was normal on her labs, but her other estrogens, and she wasn't metabolizing a couple of them. So she really had a liver problem where she couldn't metabolize because it converts fat-soluble things to water-soluble things to convert and move them. That's all metabolism is a conversion process. Mm -hmm. And so I start to change that process. Her estrogen's normal and her uterus start to go back to normal. And guess what happens? And her uterus got thinner and thinner and thinner to the point where that endometriosis was gone. And then when we tried to get pregnant years later, a couple years later, once again, now if I look at her, she pops kids out like Skittles. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, now, now we, we've done this now. You say, well, Doc, well, that's just your wife. Nope. Now I've done that so many times. I've looked at over 100,000 plus hormone labs um, in my career of 21 years, plus all my offices, plus all the things that we do across the country. Fertility is a big thing for us. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can imagine. Wow. So your, your wife was really not necessarily your guinea pig, but yep. she was the one whose body oh. you were able to develop your products and services through. Yep. Oh, she was a guinea pig. Okay, no, now let me, let me explain why. So here, I'm 24 years old at this time. So imagine this. I'm 24 years old. I got a good education, but no one's ever even taught this to me whatsoever in schools. And I start, I start digging in all the research that way and all, all the literature and everything. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And that's why you hear me say medical science and medical practice never match up. Yeah. Because I'm going, all these labs, all the understanding has been, be I'm, only, I'm 45 before I was born. But the idea is this, is it doesn't match up clinically. Because unless you're deficient in a hormone or they try to block it, they don't know, they don't understand metabolism hormones, even though labs are there, even so in every research article. So I started to talk to people and I said, I think I figured some things out. And guess what happened? I got rejected from all professions, from medical to natural. I said, so here, because they're like, who are you? You're a 24 year old punk telling stuff that's different than our dominant system that actually has, mm -hmm. you know, all the publicity and that. I'm like, okay. So I said, I'm just going to prove it. And then I started to go clinically and I started to sit down with women. I said, okay, let's get labs done. Okay, do it this way. We did that and we had a complete picture. And then I started to pick out things. We started to then reverse those processes. But during my wife's process, now here's what happens. During the wife's processes, I really started to figure out what throws these hormones off. And that's the thing that I get to go over all over the world now and speak about. Like I was just in, mm -hmm. in Ireland and over there, mm -hmm. guess what? 
female, they're just as sick over there, regardless of what kind of health care they have. Remember, they have more socialized medicine over there. Right. And I tell people they're just as sick over there. No matter if you have a bad idea and somebody else pays for it, it's still just a bad idea when somebody else paid for it. That's life changing. And especially for a lot of the listeners that I have on the Infertility Me podcast are dealing with fertility and infertility. And myself, I went through IVF and I conceived my son three years ago through IVF. So and my, my, my issue was hormones. So I have an underactive thyroid. Fertility is as natural God-given as it's supposed to be. But right. why is it so disrupted? Because we're trying to assess women with an incomplete view. And that's one thing I can get across to listeners is sitting there going, hey, listen, you never judge a whole movie by a clip. But then why we do that with females in, in the, the most important thing in their life hormonally? Makes total sense. Wow. And so when did the development of your wellness care centers begin? How long into your new form of care did that begin? I started to do all these things with my wife, a.k.a. girlfriend at the time. Through the process, now people think that all of a sudden I started taking care of her and mm -hmm. all of a sudden her cycle just got dramatically better. No, it didn't. It actually, what happened was I got some labs done and, and I start to actually say, okay, I can see these things not metabolizing. See, see, ladies don't realize metabolism is conversion. Now, if you can't convert a fat-soluble hormone into mm -hmm. water, it's got a store. Of course, now, ladies, if you can't metabolize just even adipose tissue, it's because, once again, you're not converting it. It's not – metabolism is not about weight. Metabolism is about conversion. So then all of a sudden, got her next period. I'm like, it wasn't as bad. She was still crying, but it wasn't as bad. Next thing you know, uh, next month goes by, and it started to continually to improve. But then get this. I graduated in October. I, I, I actually uh, had to wait for my state board to December. And so I went to Michigan to practice, and I started working on women a little bit more while I was still taking care of my wife. And then I uh, got my state board, and I got my license on December 24th, 1999. I saw my first patient in Green Bay at December 27th. And it was kind of cool. And then, of course, that's how the wellness way it was developed. But then what happened was, it was in December was an interesting month, okay? And, and I, this is where I started to figure out some things that actually really threw women's hormones off. Okay. Well, what do most women do, or even guys, when they say to, quote, feel better? Well, remember, my wife started to say, okay, oh, my goodness, I'm starting to feel better. The mm -hmm. number, she's still my girlfriend at the time. We're about to date now about what, five months or so. We're in this roughly six months coming up. And all of a sudden, she starts pushing it a little bit. And then her December cycle was actually terrible. And no joke, get this. At first, I sat back and questioned myself. Of, I said to myself, I said, what if I'm wrong on all this stuff? Mm -hmm. What if I'm wrong? And then I realized, I'm like, wait, I'm talking biochemistry and physiology and pathways of the body that have been known forever. And I said, no, no, no. What did my wife do? That she actually physically pushed her body. She physically stressed out a little bit more. And her hormones actually are drained by physical and mental stress. I can tell you by beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, we're going we're, we're to jump ahead a little bit here, but I can tell you without a doubt that the number one thing that destroys female hormones is mental stress, mm -hmm. okay? But there's, there's other stressors to the body. So she physically pushed her body, and that's when I started to realize that women, for example, can never work out like a guy because it affects them dramatically different. But then I realized that women can only exercise during certain times of the whole mm -hmm. cycle during yeah. the month. If you exercise during certain types of your times, your cycle, you can drain hormones compared to when you do it during certain times, you can build your hormones. And then I realized, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I said, so I started to dig into that. And then by, even by the next month, when she got her period, her, her cycle, once again, wasn't it bad. It took me probably as I was developing stuff, probably a good two years to get her stuff totally back to normal. But then by this time we were married, 
And then one year after that, we decided to try to get pregnant and boom, obviously here came Faith and then here came Tranty and here came Calista and Felicity. And so now we have the four beautiful girls. So yeah, so it was a development. Obviously that was 20 years ago. One thing happened, what really started to, the mental component, because remember, estrogens affect a woman both physically and mentally. We, we talk about women, you know, actually having the, the mental capacity of a lot of stress and estrogens very connecting for women. Well, I was taking care of a 60-year-old woman that actually said she had menopausal symptoms. Mm -hmm. And there is no such thing as menopausal symptoms. That's a big lie. They got to stop saying that. Menopause is a, is a natural stage of life. It is not vaginal dryness, hot flashes, bone density, osteoporosis. It's, that's not menopause. Menopause is just a timing in life. If you are going through symptoms of it during menopause, either hormones are too high or too low. There's no such thing as menopause symptoms. We have to stop that kind of language, okay? Mm -hmm. Because a woman came at six years old. She's like, doc, I suffer from all these menopausal things. Well, fast forward, we reverse that process. And she's like, doc, thank you so much for helping me. And I looked at her, I said, thank God I got rid of your menopause. And she started laughing. She goes, doc, I'm still <laughs> in menopause. I said, exactly. You actually, your body was going through an adaptive process of not having enough estrogens. So therefore, vaginal dryness and all these things existed. So it wasn't menopause. It was no one taught you how to take care of your hormones when you're 60 years old. But here's the one thing that happened. At 60 years old, as we were going through stuff, I started to take care of her clinically, start to remove her stressors, and start to actually give her things to help those pathways and all like that. She wasn't changing. She wasn't. Nothing was changing. I was three months into her care. And then once again, I'm, I'm evaluating myself going, what mm -hmm. did I miss something? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, then I'm like, no. I looked at her and I said, I didn't miss anything. I rolled my chair around. I literally sat two feet in front of her. And I said, tell me what's wrong. I said, tell me what's wrong. Now, remember, I'm like 26 years old this time. Right, right. And I'm 40, like I said, I'm 45 now. And I looked at her, I said, tell me what's wrong. And, she, and I didn't say anything. She, and, I, and it was basically dead silence for about 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, she started crying. Doc, she goes, everybody tells me that I have to get over my husband's death, which she lost him two years ago. And she goes, I can't. And she goes, I think about him every day. I cry every day. I do everything. I'm like going, I said, you know something? I get it. Don't, you, don't have to re, you don't have to listen to people when it comes to how you grieve and how to recover. And she actually started to smile and she gave me a hug. I said, listen, but I will tell you this. The stress is depleting you. Your cortisol is off the hook. You need to get this under control. And that's when I realized one of the biggest things that stress women out is the unknown. So I said, I can never replace him. He can never be replaced. I want you to miss him the rest of your life. But this is actually hurting you. It's the physical, the mental stress is affecting you physically. Within the next three months, everything started to clear up. That there's multiple stressors. There's physical stressors. You know that if I, if I smash your toe, it controls your heart rate, okay? Because it's a physical stressor. There's chemical stressors, mental stressors. And I started to realize that all these stressors actually really throw off women's hormones. Well, what do we try to do? Balance their hormones from all stressors? Or do we start evaluating women's lives? and actually start to get them through the stressors because their body is genetically programmed for normal health. Your breast tissue is not genetically programmed for breast cancer. It's genetically programmed for normal, natural health and normal physiology. But we don't teach women that they're stressors that dramatically, and don't wrong, exercise during the wrong time can be a stressor. Mm -hmm. Mental stress can be a stressor. Chemicals, bad food, food allergies, toxins, all these cause women's hormones to actually be thrown off. So we're sitting there trying to balance hormones. I think that is one of the most misleading things to women. Here, take this hormone, take this herb, take these things to do it. No, no, 
I would rather see somebody take something more natural than actually chemical. But that's a dog chasing its tail. It's our job as doctors to actually find out what women really stress from. And that's why the hormone connection, the seminar that I teach in our world, shows that men and women are very different. I know this is more about fertility and women, guys, actually body gets stronger to stress. We're yeah. dramatically different. And I'm so glad that you're talking about all of this because there's so much confusion. And I, I believe that there, because it's, it's different. And so many doctors have different opinions yep. and, you know, everybody's taught differently and it just can become very overwhelming. And I think that's why people end up going to many different um, practitioners. They end up going to different physicians. They have to switch all the time because there isn't a better system involved in just like you said earlier with the main structure of medical school. Yep. And it would be cohesive everywhere and, and just helping people to heal rather than to patch it up. We have to step back and look at where we're going. Since I started practice you know, 21 years ago, and if you look at it this way, female healthcare, fertility, all things have dramatically gotten worse. We have more technology. We spend more money than everybody, and actually than anybody in the world, actually mm-hmm. in the United States. And, but remember, but I'm not letting foreign countries off the hook either because there are women over there are just as sick. They keep on getting worse. See, the rate of breast cancer dramatically has gone up over the last 20 years. Uh, the, the rate of fertility has gone down dramatically over the last 20 years. Everything clinically for everybody has gotten worse over the last 20 years. Yet we sit there and go, our biggest argument in healthcare is who should pay for it. Yeah. I, I, I laugh because I'm heavily, I'm heavily involved in politics. And I kind of laugh when people are saying, we need universal healthcare. Well, that would make no sense. Because if you have a bad idea and somebody else pays for it, we'll be just as sick. Somebody else will just pay for it, and someone else is going to continue to be sicker, so it's going to cost them more money. It's why Wales and England spent 10% of their budget just on type 2 diabetes if the thinking doesn't change. So that's why when I wrote the book, I, I, didn't, I didn't write the book for no more than just I wanted people to get to think differently. Because if we don't think differently at medical schools, at all the schools, remember, in my school, just like anything else, I mean, remember, I went through a pretty extensive education, and I just, I loved immunology. I loved nutrition. I loved, the, I loved all the different uh, professions could actually really affect the physiology of the body. But the only thing is this, I still was taught no different than anybody else. It wasn't until I had an experience that actually, I, if I marry this woman, um, I could maybe never have children. That experience and that challenge, actually, we've helped thousands and thousands of women actually get fertile. But also, hundreds of thousands of women actually start to regain their health and maintain it and keep it, regardless mm-hmm. of their ages. Because we know this, you know, like I said, I'm 45, but guess what? Chronic illness in young ladies has gotten extremely high. You know what I'm yes. saying? Man, mm-hmm. when, we were, when we were young, when I was young, grandma got sick. Now children have more. I mean, no joke, I can, I can give you examples of young girls that have come into our offices that got their period at seven and eight years old. Yeah, I've read articles about it. It's insane. Oh, wow. Well, I've clinically seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's like women are starting in, in their development. I mean, I mean, just even talk about female healthcare, development of women, the breast size and everything like that mm-hmm. has dramatically changed even mm-hmm. tw- in, in 30 years. And that's why we see so much breast cancer because if we're not teaching young ladies how to take care of their body, because I hate to say this, this happens every day. The biggest thing that they have for young ladies is some form of birth control. Really? Yeah. After all the money we spend in healthcare, and all stuff like this, this is still our number one thing we're going to give. And it's funny. And it's, it's so common now. Nobody questions it. But you know that all birth controls are actually classified as an endocrine disruptor. And one of the endocrine disrupting things on the sheets is actually infertility. Mm-hmm. So why are we doing this to women? 
Why are we doing this to people? This is, and, and, and then I come along, and the biggest thing, they can't tear on my message. So all they can try to tear is on the messenger. But the difference is, I actually decide to say, listen, but I'm going to prove it clinically. And it's why there's Wellness Way clinics all over the country and now over the world. And we're, we expanded at such a high rate because women are sick. Women are looking yeah. for those answers. It's amazing the kind of work that you guys are doing with your company. And yeah. I, I've looked all over your website and read everything on there. <laughs> and it's just amazing. And I've been saying, and I don't know how I didn't find your company before because I've been saying for a long, long time, even when I was going through my own journey, doing the, uh, different types of detoxification to the body. I was really into that before I had my son through yep. treatment was detoxing the body. And I actually improved my menstrual cycles because there of you it. go. And releasing all of those toxins. Probably, I probably exercised more than and harder than I should have, but uh, I wasn't having, it got to the point where I wasn't having pain in my menstrual cycle. So, and I wasn't a big, big bleeder, but yep. um, I was a clotter. And yes. so I would clot a lot and it would be pretty big in the, in the past. And so when I was doing the detoxifications with my body before in preparation for IVF, all of that minimized and my school went down to like maybe four days. I know for, for a fact that what you're doing with people is real. It is so real. It is very real. And you can, you just got to do it <laughs> to understand yes. it and to know it for yourself well, and to be let, informed. Let's do this. Let's actually walk through even what happened with you and maybe a little bit more, more specific this way. See the term detox, once again, I wish they'd change that term. Okay. What happens is you did some things that you fed your liver and it could have been from uh, supplements, could be from herbs, it could be from nutritional things that way. And then what happened is you gave the constituents needed and then your liver started, and I, I hate the word detox, let's use this. It metabolized, it converted, it's the same thing. So conversion, metabolism, detox are the same kind of general terms. And then guess what you did? You automatically made those pathways so your hormone levels, once again, could be normal, more normalized. And therefore, when you went to, to actually menstruate, you didn't have the massive buildup of, of tissue and clots that way. So they're like, mm -hmm. oh, my cycle changed. Well, yeah, because you, you, you affected an organ that was actually having a problem. And see, and there's, and then I keep saying, the reason why there's no single thing, because all women are going to watch this and go, oh, doc, I got to get a detox. I got to call it. No, no, no. Because <laughs> the liver might not be your problem. It could be the adrenals. It could be the fat tissue. It could be, and that's the investigative. That's the, we don't guess, we test because each woman is different and you can test all those things. So that's where, because a lot of women go, doc, tell me what your wife took. No, mm -hmm. I won't because my wife's pathways and my wife's, wife's issues are going to be different than every woman on the planet because I don't care if you have a twin sister. Those stressors and those pathways are different. I just came along and said, listen, we can test for this stuff. We can test for this stuff. Those labs existed, once again, before I was born. It's just that it doesn't match up in clinical practice medically. That's why it's not done. Mm. Okay. Ooh. I'm sorry if I'm taking so many pauses. I'm just, I'm just no. taking it all in. Wow. And that's where, and see, and let's go back to this. Cause you said, doc, I wish we would known. Well, as I was rejected, okay. As I was rejected as a 24, 25, 26, 27 year old young man, because here I'm, I'm young. Okay. Now they're on. I actually, so I, I got into, I got into clinical practice and I started testing and do everything like that. Uh, women's health issues start to resolve and they're wrong. I took care of also guys and, and um, um, because people realize fertility still has a lot to do with the guys uh, motility and, and morphology everything. It's getting worse ever in history. Okay. But here's what happened. 
And then therefore, all I did was get to the to get to the grindstone and grind. You know, Sam, mm-hmm. and I just started to do things clinically. I was never a media person until about three years ago. Now this time we're we're getting big, okay. Um, and of course, you know, I've always been very successful in my career, and um, but it was just all by referral. Then all of a sudden, my nephew, my nephew comes along, okay, and says, Uncle Patrick, he goes, we need to get you on media. Now mm-hmm. this time. I didn't have a Facebook account. I didn't have YouTube. <laughs> I, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to spend time on media and stuff like that because I barely had a website. Not a joke. See, so I wasn't very public. I wasn't yeah. very public because what happened was this. I was just like, you know something? All we care about is the clinical things and women talk. Now, my fault. Technology is a wonderful thing. Now I'm on all technologies like crazy and stuff. And yeah, when I do a video, it does really well because I don't, I don't speak the way most people speak and stuff. I actually try to show the physiology and the pathways, all stuff like that, so they can get a greater understanding and see what they can do with their body. I don't say, here's a magic herb, here, buy this for nineteen ninety nine, okay? And that's where it, it kind, of, kind of trying to really give women and men the, the empowering aspect to actually be able to make some choices without a doc. You know, labs can be done without a doc. Yes, people need somebody to interpret them. But the idea is this. You don't have to go through all this. They're not the gatekeepers to your health. You are. And if I could teach you this stuff, you could actually take deep control of your own stuff, get some labs done, look at them. If you can understand them, you know, take care of yourself. We're not teaching people how to take care of themselves. We're actually got this whole thing. Something goes around me. Go to the doctor, fix it. Well, you got to find this. Doctors can't fix anything. You don't believe me. Look at our healthcare system. Yeah. It's broken. Women are sick. People are sick. And if we don't get those trains, because here's what happens. There is no herb, there is no medication, there is no supplement, there is no diet, there is no detox, there is no nothing that can actually counteract a very stressed out mentally woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But one thing is this, but you can test to see if a woman is stressed out. And just by bringing that to their, their attention, saying, Miss Jones, guess what? There is no doubt that we can do some things to help a little bit of balance. But if you don't get that stress under control, you're always going to be behind the eight ball. You're always going to be dog chasing its tail. And just that unknown brought to the known for a woman can actually be life-changing because now they can deal with it because they can understand where things are coming from. The scariest thing that every person listening to this podcast does is this, is if when they don't know what's going on with them, it's even more scary. It's even more mm-hmm, scary. Mm-hmm. So it's time to bring the, try to bring some light to the darkness. Do it clinically. And then they're like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. Man, you can do all the good things. And if their mental state is off, it's devastating for females. It's yeah. actually devastating. And so I've started to start teaching guys. Here, watch this. I want you to, can, you, can you answer a question for me? Okay. If we look at stress, both in men and women, who stresses out more, men or women? Yeah. Women, by oh, far. Yeah. Dominant. Yeah. Now, who causes women the most stress? Men. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I started pulling women. Uh, about 18 years ago, I said, wow, I got to really dig into the deep of the stressors of women. 100%, 100%, even if they were single, number one stressor, men. And I started to go, hold the phone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why? Because I'm, I'm a man. I'm sitting there going, mm-hmm, so I asked my mm-hmm. wife, and, and I asked my wife at the time, I'm like, do I stress you out? She goes, yeah. I'm like, holy crap. And so, <laughs> not a joke. So yeah. I started to, I started to talk to women, and then I started to really understand. The number one why women are stressed out when it comes to men, because men don't understand who they are, because we're so dramatically different. Yeah. What estrogens do and what testosterone do is totally different. But then on the flip side, I started to realize that women don't understand men. 
And I started to go, and there's a hormonal reason why men and women do things. And because there's a disconnect. So the hormone connection, I started to realize that the psychiatric aspects of how it affects a man and woman's brain is dramatically different. And what we need to do is we need to connect the dots. You come speak at my church. I'm like, really? So I started to teach it. And I say, no, I'm speaking at marriage conferences and all things like this. I'm going, because <laughs> once again, the psychiatric aspect is dramatically different. So that's why when people tell me that men and women are saying, I'm like, what planet are you living on? We're not physically the same. We're not <laughs> no. mentally the same. Not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. Not at yep. all. And so I want to talk about your book. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. And how these two words are the secret to thinking differently and taking control of your health. Yep. So did you have you? I'm assuming you had you had the wellness clinics already set up in place, working, operating, expanding when you wrote yep. your book. And yep. so I guess what was the inspiration for your book? Were you ready to put all of your life's research into one into one uh, book for people to read and to, and to spread your message? No, I had no inspiration. Okay. <laughs> At least you're honest. I pe- people, I know I'm directly honest. I was going to find out. I, no, what happened was this. It's not a joke. What happened was is I don't write. I'm a two-finger typer and stuff like that. Okay. And then um, our team is like saying, because you know what happened is this. Everywhere I'd go speak or if you if people I can actually tell you, I've gotten more aspects for podcasts and interviews and TV shows since a book because people think because you have a book, you're smarter. I'm yeah. sorry, they do. Yeah. And I might go on and I, and I actually was a little I'm kind of a little bit of a rebel. And uh, uh, I'm just like, I don't want to do anything in a book. I can actually <laughs> tell you, I didn't I didn't write the book. We had our writers follow me around, interview me. My wife and, and, and went through the book from head to toe to make sure every, the story was perfect. Mm-hmm. But my, I was speaking. It's basically my hormone seminar. Obviously, my hormone seminar goes a little bit more in detail. I'll put into a book form. And then, obviously, my wife's emotional stories were put in there through the process that way. We do a book. And next thing you know, it's like within two days, it became international seller on Amazon. And we're like, holy mackerel. And I was even a little bit upset when that first happened. I'm like, really? I've been doing the same thing at this time for 19 years. And now all of a sudden, 20 years, and all of a sudden, just because you have a book, people actually, I'm like, and then all of a sudden, interviews started calling like crazy. I'm like going, and I'm like going, yeah, so it wasn't like I was inspired. I wasn't inspired. It it was basically the team's like, you need a book. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't Mm want to do a book. You need a book. Just like media. Uncle Patrick, you need to even media. I don't want, I actually said, no, I don't want to be on YouTube. I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want to be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. don't want to be, and because my brain still goes back to this. There's some suffering woman out there that needs to be sitting toe to toe with one of our doctors. Right. I don't care about publicity. I don't care about this. Cause you know what happens? I know what, as a man, what it felt like looking across from this beautiful woman saying, I can't have kids. I am sick. Things like this. Mm-hmm. And that's my inspiration. Not a book, not a, not a, not an interview, not a, not a thing. It's like going, it, it's, it's our women are so sick today. And on top of it, men don't understand their, their hormones. And on top of it, men and women don't understand each other, and the divorce rate is is actually sickening. Yeah, it's it is. more hormones are more than just about about just healthcare. There's an emotional and a major physical thing that happens, and if we don't connect these dots together, and so when I looked out there at the healthcare that day, you know something? Twenty years ago, I said I disagree. I disagree. They told my wife. I disagree. They told the doctors. I disagree. They were doing with her. You know what's really funny? I already plan my new book 20 years from now you know what's gonna be called hmm. i still disagree <laughs> right because, because the dominant thinking see and that's the thing mm-hmm. the dominant thinking i mean think about it this way 
most women still to this day don't understand estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is a general term. That's why you cannot test estrogen. And just by that alone, if I just go talk about that, women are just blown away. And I'm like, so listen, but you know what the sad part is? There was a 50-year-old woman sitting in front of me um, at my seminar in, on Tuesday, and she started crying. She's like, I've been to all the best doctors. I've never heard anything like this. And she goes, I'm 50 years old. Mm. I never had a child. Mm. They did a hysterectomy in her 20s because she was so sick. And her story, she actually got the book. And she, she's like, ma'am, what they would want to do with my, your wife is what they did to me. And I'm like, what if, what if we could have got to her 25 yeah. years ago? Yeah. That's inspiration. In the major thinking, look at the, term, the title of the book. If we don't change people's thinking, their actions won't change. Exactly. Their actions won't. And we need people to think differently because now everybody listening to this is going to go talk to their doctor and say, Doc, why did you only measure my estradiol? Why, if you're menopausal, why did you only measure my esterone? Your testing is incomplete. You don't have a good assessment of what's happened to me physically or mentally. That will change a woman's life right there. Yeah, that's immensely powerful. That is so powerful. And um, I hope that everybody can get on your website (laughs) and learn more because you have a wealth of knowledge on there too, as well as on your YouTube page. I'm hoping that with this particular podcast episode that people will become more aware and maybe think a little differently, like you say in your book and and, and in your message through your branding on your website and such too. And I think that this is going to really, really, really open some eyes. It definitely has for me and I'm not even trying to have any more children or anything like that, but just overall uh, well and careness for my body and for my son and my husband too. And so this is, this is amazing, Dr. Dr. Schwinn. And I'm so glad that we had the time to talk this morning and, and further spread this awareness for people who are suffering because yes, that's what it's all about at the end of the day is those people who are silently suffering. And, yes. and they, they feel like they have no answers and they feel like they're alone. And it's just further, you know, <laughs> getting worse, depression sets in, you know, all those yep. things. Well, thank you so much for letting me share a couple of ideas with you today. I hope they're impactful. And uh, um, I really appreciate the time that, uh, that for everybody that listens and stuff. And um, if there's, you know, one thing I can always leave a message with and end with is every woman out there listening right now, just understand you have more control over this. You have more ability to do these things. If you just think a little bit differently, it'll help you with your action steps that you want to do. And, and one thing is, I know it sounds weird, but it's not as complicated once you understand. So that's what, that's the nice thing about the podcast. I hope it, this gave you a, a greater understanding of the body and how it works and how to take care of it. Awesome. And I love that. Actionable steps. That's, that's yes. amazing. Yes, that's the key right there. Actionable steps. Thank you so much again, Dr. Swin. I don't want to hold up your time any more, any further. I know you have a very, very busy schedule. you got all these tour dates set up for your speaking engagements. And maybe yep. someone that's listening will be able to attend and, 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 and hear you speak up front and personally. So thank you again, Dr. Swin.